you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, August 10th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we are going to do a quick little look at some Orioles news and notes from Sunday and Monday, and then we are going to get into a chat about one of the newest Orioles. We're going to get a closer look at Jorge Mateo, the utility man who the Orioles claimed off waivers from the San Diego Padres last week and uh, had a pretty good first weekend with the Orioles in that series with the Rays. Got a lot of people excited about him. And we're going to talk with Javier Reyes. He is the host of Locked On Padres here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Going to join us on today's episode to talk about Mateo, uh, the blazing speed, his former top prospect status, why he has struggled at the plate in his major league career, and much much more. And uh, then we will get you ready with a little preview of uh, tonight's game one between the Orioles and the Tigers at Camden Yards. But that is all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So today we start with just a couple Orioles news and notes uh, before we get to our chat with Javi Reyes about Jorge Mateo. And it has to do with uh, guys getting added to the AAA Norfolk roster. And this is the one you guys have been waiting for. A huge name, an extremely important person in the Orioles organization getting added to the Norfolk roster. That's right. Pat Faleka cleared waivers after being DFA'd and accepted his outright assignment to AAA Norfolk. Well, no, actually, I'm, I'm sure that's not the one you were waiting for, but that is actually true. Pat Faleka did clear waivers uh, after the Orioles DFA'd him last week to make room for Jorge Mateo on the roster. And uh, kind of unsurprisingly, Vileka does clear waivers. He stays in the organization. He'll play at Norfolk for a while, and I'm sure we'll see him back at the big leagues at some point this season. But the big news, obviously, as first reported by MassInSports.com's Rock Botko, the Orioles are promoting their top prospect and the top prospect in all of baseball, Adley Rutschman, up to AAA Norfolk. He will play his first AAA game tonight at Harbor Park in Norfolk against the Memphis Redbirds. You have to assume he'll be in the lineup and catching and probably hitting third or fourth for the Norfolk Tides. And uh, good news for the Orioles, for Adley Rutschman, who was tearing it up at, at Double A Bowie and, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, a, a few weeks or more late than what many of us would have liked to see or when many of us would have liked to see Adley in AAA. But he gets there, and uh, again, he is only one step away from the big leagues now being in AAA. But uh, this promotion happening now, I got to tell you, it does not change at all Adley's timeline to the big leagues. He should be catching for the Orioles in 2021. It won't happen. We will see him at some point in 2022. Hopefully, it is opening day of 2022. I don't know if that'll be the case, but the reason you get him to AAA is obviously to get him some AAA games. And the AAA season has been extended uh, into October because they got a late start. So uh, Adley will get even more games being in AAA than uh, any guys who are at the lower levels of the minor leagues. But a big addition, and hopefully uh, Harbor Park is buzzing over the next couple of weeks with the top prospect in baseball getting 
there. But speaking of top prospects, or at least former top prospects, that was Jorge Mateo, who again, the Orioles claimed off waivers from the San Diego Padres last week. And we gave you kind of the bio on Mateo on Friday's episode when the claim was made, but wanted to just uh, get you up to speed about who he is and what he has done with the Orioles before we get to our conversation, really breaking him down with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. Mateo, again, 26 years old, just turned 26 in June, native of the Dominican Republic, who uh, made his major league debut on August 13th of 2020 with the San Diego Padres. Six foot tall, about 180 pound utility man who has played second, third, short, left field, right field, and center field all at the major league level. Now, this is actually the fourth organization that Jorge Mateo has been a part of. The Yankees signed him as an international free agent back in January of 2012. And then in July of 2017, he was traded at the deadline to the Oakland Athletics in the Sonny Gray deal. And uh, never made it to the big leagues, though, with Oakland, because in June of 2020, he was pretty close to getting to the bigs. But uh, Oakland needed to clear some space, I believe, on the 40-man roster. So Oakland traded him to the Padres for a player to be named later. And just about a month and a half after that trade, Mateo made his Major League debut with San Diego. But then the Padres didn't have room for him anymore on their 40-man roster, so they waived him, DFA'd him last week. And the Orioles made the claim on Mateo. Now, Mateo was a top prospect in baseball just a couple of years ago, back in 2016, 2017, right around the time uh, when the Yankees dealt him to Oakland. He was considered a top 30 and was really like a consensus top 40 prospect in baseball. He was one of the best players in the Yankee system at the time and was one of the top prospects in really the A's system for a year or two after that. But, you know, even with solid minor league numbers, the prospect status kind of fell at that point. You know, he had some great minor league numbers at the plate. Probably uh, his best minor league season, though, you would say uh, either came in 2013 when he was 18 years old in rookie ball with the Yankees. Uh, he hit seven home runs. Uh, he had an 828 OPS. Or you go to 2019 uh, in AAA with Oakland when he had an 834 OPS, 29 doubles, 19 homers in 119 games. Uh, he is also the fastest player in baseball. Actually, this weekend, uh, got his sprint speed up to the fastest player in Major League Baseball in 2021. He is speedy, and in his minor league career, just unbelievable numbers for Jorge Mateo in terms of stealing bases. Now, at the Major League level, he is pretty good as well. He is currently 8 for 8 in his Major League career in stealing bases, but uh, when you look down at the minor league level, it's almost unbelievable. He stole 283 bases, was only caught 78 times in 702 minor league games. Just unbelievable. And again, that led to his prospect status, the uh, highest he was ranked, number 26 prospect, ranked by Baseball America in the 2016 preseason rankings. So, uh, and he was he was a top 100 prospect in the 2018 preseason rankings, uh, and then he fell out of those rankings after that. But he had some pop, too. He hit pretty well in his minor league career. Uh, you look at the minor league numbers overall, again, about 700 minor league games. And again, you know, he still had a you know pretty good number, 747 OPS, 267 hitter, 325 on base. But it's been a struggle at the major league level for Mateo. And, and that's why he ended up getting DFA'd in 2020 with the Padres. He was just 4 for 28 at the dish. 
uh, without a home run. Now, he did get more playing time this year uh, in 93 plate appearances. He hit 207 with a 250 on base. He had four doubles, and he did hit two home runs, but he struck out 27 times, and he walked just twice this year with San Diego. The bat is a problem. So, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting package of a player with all the skills that Mateo brings you, all the positions he plays, the speed that he has, but can he get himself on base? That's the question that we wanted to answer at least this weekend, and he did a pretty good job of that this weekend for the Orioles. Played in all three games against the Rays and ended up 3-4-11 at the plate. He had a double, a triple, an RBI, three strikeouts, no walks, and he was 2-for-2 swiping bags over the weekend with the Orioles. But we wanted to know more about his time with the Padres and really how he got from top 30 prospect to a guy DFA'd by San Diego. So again, we're going to be joined here by Javier Reyes. He is the host of Locked On Padres here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to talk about Mateo's speed, about can he get himself on base to use that speed. We're going to talk about his defensive versatility and much, much more. So again, that's coming up with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. We're talking Jorge Mateo after this break. So we're back to the Orioles talk in just a second, but first got to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And the best part is RockAuto.com prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So go explore it all on the website. And if you go to RockAuto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, so we are joined on the podcast again by Javier Reyes. He is the host of Locked On Padres here on the Locked On Podcast Network. First of all, Javi, how are you? And uh, thanks again for coming back on Locked On Orioles. Uh, dude, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. When you sent the DM, I could not be more excited. I love Locked On Orioles because, I mean, you gave us Manny Machado, first of all. I need, you didn't give it give him to us, but that's where our king, that's that's his you know homeland. That's where he originally came from. Got to give respect. I think that was, was that the last time we talked? I think maybe when we were talking about Machado heading into the 2020 season. It's been a long year and a half, I know, but still. Yeah, we did a we did a crossover talking about how the Orioles are basically, or I should say, the Padres are basically Orioles West uh, because mm. of Manny Machado. Because on their coaching staff, they have Bobby Dickerson, Wayne Kirby, Ryan Flaherty, all formerly of the Orioles, um, <laughs> and how Orioles fans were basically behind the Padres, and I think that is still the case. Uh, but today it flips. We actually have a Padres player going to the Orioles uh, know, right? for this crossover episode, and that is Jorge Mateo who, as soon as the Padres DFA'd him the other day, actually a lot of people on Orioles Twitter immediately jumped on it, like, you know, because the Orioles are second in the waiver order right now behind the Diamondbacks, and it's just like, if he gets there, claim him. And the Orioles did it. So the first question I got to ask on Mateo is really, you know, why was this the time? What kind of transpired in the last couple of days for the Padres to DFA a guy who, you know, was a former top prospect and is still only 26 years old? So there's a couple of things. First of all, just really quick thing, just want to throw it out there, everybody. Like former top prospect, like 
let's keep that in mind when talking about prospects, how like it's so easily can flip. And I'm not saying Mateo is a confirmed bust or anything like that, but keep that in mind that when we say top prospect, oftentimes it's like you're hoping that you get someone with, with, with decent value. You know what I mean? At, at minimum, right? Uh, usually trying to you know, use those guys as trade pieces, honestly. Um, and the second thing is, well, the, the reason they DFA'd him is, first of all, they brought in Matt Strom as a very good reliever uh, to help bolster the bullpen. On top of that, they added Daniel Hudson just to, you know, they're just trying to increase what already is their greatest strength. I think even despite Melanson's blown save the other day, uh, still have the best bullpen at ERA in all of uh, baseball, which is great. Um, and they just acquired Jake Marisnik at the deadline. So I think that that's the biggest thing. I think that they're like, let's get a guy who's been in the playoffs a couple of times, has been in some big games. And maybe A.J. Preller, the magician that he is, says, I think that this guy is actually underperforming right now. And he's a very good defensive outfielder who could back up uh, Trent Grisham. That's the basic line of thinking of it. But I'd be lying if I told you I'm not I don't, I'm not going to I kind of I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss Jorge Bataille. I really am. Yeah, when, when you get down to it, I mean, Jake Marisnik is kind of just a more experienced with, you know, has a World Series title, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff version of Jorge Mateo, you know, a, a fast d- d- defensive replacement outfielder who can play multiple outfield positions. Um, but of course, you know, the other thing with the Padres uh, is that, you know, Mateo was probably going to be on the chopping block, if not now, later, just because of all the guys mm-hmm. they have who are either trying to get back on the 40 man now or are going to be eligible this offseason. So let's kind of get to his game because, you know, he was interesting in the fact that he didn't spend, you know, all of the last two years since coming over to the Padres on the Padres um, active roster, but he never really spent really time in the minors with the Padres either because mm-hmm. of the canceled minor league season. And so, you know, want to get to this year because it's obviously a much bigger sample size, 57 games, 93 plate appearances in the big leagues, 207 average, a 250 on base, couple of homers, four doubles, you know, and, and he only hit 154 in 28 plate appearances last year. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a stretch in these, uh, what's well, about 80 games with the Padres where the bat got hot, or was he really just mostly pinch runner defender his whole time in the bigs? It, it really, that was the only thing memorable about him. I mean, there's, there's one moment, which is what I have such a soft spot in my heart for, which is last year on, hold on, Labor Day or Memorial Day is in September. I always forget this. Labor Day. Labor Day. Okay. Labor Day game last season against the Rockies. I, I just remember it because of that. And it was a walk-off hit by Jerickson Profar, another player I love on the Padres. And Mateo, like running home to home to score from first base after the hit from Profar, stands up, like moves, shows his arms out, is smiling to like give somebody a hug. He was, he had that smile like he had just discovered you know, bread, like he had just discovered the Ark of the Covenant, whatever you want to say for Raiders of the Lost Ark, like he was so amped. And I just that that's my image. And I think will forever be the image for Padres fans. It was a nice moment. But that's that's the thing with him as a bat. It's just frustrating. You know what I mean? It's just I want him to do so well. I'm not saying he's like just a complete because like you mentioned, it's in a truncated season and with all the minor league stuff going on right now, like there's that's kind of something I actually think hasn't been talked about enough is what kind of effect is this going to have on guys' growth as players because they literally miss a whole season? I mean, with the Padres, you're seeing Mackenzie Gore right now hasn't pitched in a long time, and he struggled uh, in this year in the minor league. So we don't really know exactly how that's going to pan out. But you're right. He never really had that hot streak. Even someone like Hassan Kim, 
for the Padres, who has been struggling when you just look at the season totals. But he's getting there a little bit. He's pulling the ball a little bit too much, around 49.5%, if I'm not mistaken, which isn't great. But he's had those streaks, and they have him in there in certain chances. He's not an everyday player, but there's at one point he was batting like 322 over his last 15 appearances. And Mateo never really had that. And I think that's why they decided, let's get a guy that just has experience in Jake Marisnik and you know, maybe Mateo will be awesome. And like you've said, and before you even started recording, they do have a really deep roster. So it's not like this is, they, they've just cut and bait and they're like, all right, we're just so annoyed at the lack of performance that we're just getting rid of it. No, there's actually like reason to uh, the madness, I guess. Yeah, and the Orioles obviously have a lot more space to give Mateo more time to develop. And again, you know, he was kind of a known name, like when he was 18 years old in rookie ball with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's been a while before he finally got to the bigs with yeah. what was his third organization with the Padres. Now it will be his fourth mm-hmm. with the Orioles because he was traded um, a couple of times. But he finally, you know, he didn't make his major league debut till last year in the uh, 2020 yeah. season. But, you know, it seems like when he makes contact, like he's got some pop in his bat. You know, he's got of his, you know, few 22 major league hits. He does have seven doubles and a couple of homers. But I mean, do, do you see it when you watch that, like, he's just swinging at everything because 38 strikeouts to three walks. I mean, a, mm-hmm. you know, an average under 200 is bad enough. But when you also have a guy not really finding his way on base in any other ways, it, it, it definitely gets a little more concerning. Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, you try and get above that 330 mark in Major League Baseball these days, at least when it comes to on base, because, you know, like we, we you said before, a defensive uh, and speed guy, I'd love to take advantage of the speed more. I mean, the Padres are certainly not a team that is reluctant to steal bases. I still think they lead the majors in stolen bases. Someone might have caught up by now, some random team, but they love being aggressive on the base paths, whether it be Grisham, whether it be Myers, whether it be Tatis, whether it be, yeah, even Manny Machado this year against the Dodgers of all teams at a three steal game. So like they love that, but he just wasn't getting on base enough. And another thing is that he just can't hit on anything off speed. Uh, he can hit breaking stuff uh, pretty decent enough from the last time that I checked, but off speed stuff, he's just getting killed. And he just, he, it just looks like it's not going right. Maybe he needs a mechanical change. I don't know exactly what it is. And hopefully the Orioles can do that. I mean, the Orioles in fairness have a decent track record of, you know, bringing in guys who have not, at least on the offensive ends, you know, when it comes to bats, they kind of, they managed to do that. They're a little bit like the Pittsburgh Steelers of, 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 of offensive guys. Like the Steelers just draft wide receivers and succeed every single year, much to my chagrin, but then maybe the Orioles that'll happen too. I mean, even they even had a, got a good season on a Mark Trumbo once, like, like they can, um, you know, like I really think that the Orioles could be a, a good spot for him and definitely not, this could be a high pressure situation, right? This is a team that's trying to win the World Series. It's trying to, at minimum, compete for a playoff spot. Maybe going to Baltimore, and this isn't like a shot or anything, like maybe going to this team that is expected to like compete right now, maybe that's a good place to be. Maybe it's a good place to be able to relax a little bit and the human element of the sport starts to come in. Maybe he could at least become an, a major league average player that can you know, be a Jake Maristic one day. Yeah, it definitely helps that the pressure's off. And, and you know, you mentioned the speed. I do want to just ask about that. I mean, he's six for six stealing bases um, in the majors. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, mm-hmm. going first to home on the walk-off last year. The minor league numbers are absolutely just off the page ridiculous. He stole 283 bases in eight minor mm-hmm. league seasons. And yeah, again, yeah. you know, in the lower minor leagues, the catchers, the pop times, all that kind of stuff makes it easier. Mm-hmm. But like, how much of a weapon, you know, if the Orioles really deploy him, like just let him run and, and he can get himself on base or maybe he's just a late game pinch runner. Like how hard is it to catch him stealing and how much has he used that speed to his advantage? 
Uh, it's great. Like I said, if he can just get on base more, it would be lovely. It's like, you know, when every year you draft that guy at fantasy baseball, who's only going to steal bases and then they still just, they can't, it's like a Billy Hamilton. You know what I mean? Like a Alberto Adalberto Mondesi, who I think is actually hurt right now. So I'm not going to crap on him at all, but like, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate when that happens. And, you know, I would have loved to seen what he would have done with kind of the new minor league rules too, uh, which we've seen kind of, um, trickled down and experimented with where they got rid of a leg kick that you can't do as a pickoff move. And it's resulted in like, you know, like 0.9 extra stolen bases and in, in over the cross season, which is a lot. Uh, and, and that's been a lot of fun. I would have loved to see him there. He's so fast, man. I mean, he's so fast, so fast. Uh, he, he's got a lot of speed and a lot of confidence. That's like the one area too. Like he's ready to go every time. Um, he's just ready to do this. He's ready to get in scoring position, get driven. And even like I said, on that profile walk-off, like it wasn't a surefire like split the gap hit that profile. It was like down the side, down the line at first base, like, and Mateo scored. So that was the kind of thing that was the peak of Padres moments where it's like, maybe as long as this guy just gets on base, who the heck cares if he can't hit all that well, he can't hit for, you know, the most power in the world. Maybe it gets you a double every now and then. But uh, yeah, I think that Mateo as a speed guy, is alone worth the the risk? Not even not even the risk because they claim it off waivers. So it's just worth the investment and the intrigue. I think, especially for Baltimore, yeah, just worth the roster spot, especially yeah. if you're you're not give a winning a team at this point. Give, it a, and, give, and, it a, give me another yeah. shot. <laughs> and if he's you know if he doesn't work out with the Orioles and they were to you know DFA him as well, he kind of seems like a guy who maybe a different playoff team would maybe claim right at the end of the mm-hmm. season and be like mm-hmm. the Quinton Berry role, where he's just on your playoff roster to come in and steal a bag, but I'm hoping the Orioles hold on to him because the one other thing I wanted to ask about is defensive versatility. And that Mm -hmm. I think is what Mm -hmm. makes him really, you know, coveted still by teams in just more than a pinch runner because they feel like, wow, we can really play this guy everywhere. And somewhere Mm -hmm. he might figure it out. Let me list off in 79 major league games. (laughs) Here's all the positions he has already played just at the major league level, second base, shortstop, third base, center field, left field, and right field. He has played all at just the major <laughs> league level in 79 games. So if Javi Reyes has the lineup card for the <laughs> Orioles and you want to put Jorge Mateo in the position where he is best defensively, where do you put him? And then on the flip side after that, are there any of those positions where you feel like he can't really play at the major league level despite getting some innings there? There's nothing that I've seen because in fairness, though, with the Padres, I didn't get to see him as much play like the infield because the Padres have about 87 infielders. And I'm not even talking about this year. So last year, it was the same exact thing, even when they brought in like Mitch Moreland. You know, what I mean, like it's that's kind of the issue there. And they also have this kid at shortstop, which was kind of his position to start. They have this kid, Tatis, you might have heard of him a couple of times. So he never played there. And then Cronenworth. I think that's another thing, too. Part of this. I just remembered, actually, heading into last season, Jorge Mateo if I'm not mistaken, um, tested positive for COVID-19. He was probably going to make the roster. If he doesn't get COVID-19, Jake Cronenworth probably doesn't make his debut, which is such a crazy thing to think about because that's the only reason he kind of made the roster and worked out for the Padres, obviously. But I think you use the outfield. I think you take advantage of that speed and he's got a really good jump time on the ball and it's the position he's played most recently. So we're back to the Orioles talk in just a second, but first got to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And the best part is RockAuto.com prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So go explore it all on the website. And if you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So our thanks again to Javier Reyes, the host of Locked On Padres here on the Locked On Podcast Network for joining us back here on the pod once again. I mean, the last time we talked with him was way back beginning of the pandemic, talking about Manny Machado, Bobby Dickerson, Wayne Kirby, Ryan Flaherty, all being with the Padres as part of uh, Orioles West over there in San Diego. And do want to apologize uh, for the audio there right at the end of the conversation with Javi. We talked for maybe about a, a minute or two more after that. I uh, didn't really ask any more Jorge Mateo questions, um, but uh, Zoom, where I usually record the podcast, um, did not want to cooperate right there at the end. Uh, the audio was basically unusable, so I uh, didn't mean to cut Javi off mid-sentence right there, but uh, we did get to the end of all my Jorge Mateo questions uh, right at the end there. So uh, you aren't missing anything, at least from what should have been in this pod. It just uh, was unusable there at the end because, you know, we're using a lot of technology from home. And uh, sometimes it doesn't work correctly, but we got the uh, the meat of the interview in there with Javi Reyes. And we thank him again for joining the pod. And in terms of Jorge Mateo, I mean, I talked about this a, a bit on yesterday's episode. Uh, go back and listen to that. If you haven't yet, the three big takeaways from the uh, weekend series against the Rays, you know, he, he got the three hits and, you know, he had a couple of extra base hits and, you know, he did make some not so great plays at both second and third base. And it's interesting that, you know, Javi talks about how you know, his best spot defensively might be the outfield just because he used the speed and he's played more innings there. But the Orioles said immediately they're going to use him as an infielder. And again, he's already played second and third third in just three games with the O's, and that is because, you know, they're looking for infielders. Meanwhile, they do have, you know, a lot of outfield depth because most of that outfield, besides Ryan Mountcastle at this point, is healthy at the moment. And so, you know, it makes sense they use Mateo more in the infield, but I'd like to see him run around out there in the outfield because, you know, we talk about how the Hayes-Mullins-McKenna outfield can cover so much ground. What if you, you know, put Mateo in the mix anywhere instead of those three? You maybe even cover more ground out there in the outfield. Uh, so that would be exciting to see him out there at some point. And again, you know, the, there was a couple plays that he should have made that he didn't that did kind of cost the O's over the weekend defensively. But, man, he was electric on the base paths. I mean, stealing two bags. When, when I was, I talked about this Monday as well. You know, I was in the ballpark at the game on Saturday night. You know, he, he gets himself uh, on base with a double. Uh, he steals third, and the throw to third goes over the head of the third baseman into left field. He trots home, and the place was kind of electric. We haven't seen a lot of Orioles stolen bases, and Jorge Mateo definitely brings that element to the game again. He is noted by StatCast for 2021, the fastest player in Major League Baseball so far this year. I will definitely take that in the lineup. And we will see if Jorge Mateo is in the lineup once again tonight as the Orioles, after the off day on Monday, are back in action against the Detroit Tigers tonight. The start of a three-game series Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Now, the Orioles just did play the Tigers uh, back on uh, July 29th through August 1st. It was a four-game weekend series in Detroit. Uh, the two teams split the four games of that series and now, just about a week later, they are right back at it for a three-game set. And tonight, Tigers coming in 54-60 and 60 on the season for Detroit. 
they are coming off of a, a tough series for them in Cleveland. Lost the series uh, to the team that will be named the Guardians next year. Uh, but the Tigers still been playing pretty well lately. Of course, Orioles at 38 and 72. Going for the Tigers in tonight's game one is the 24-year-old right-hander Casey Mize, who will make his 22nd start of the season. He has 3.57 ERA, 90 strikeouts, and 116 innings for Mize. The 2018 number one overall pick in the draft by the Tigers out of Auburn. Uh, his last start came against the Red Sox. He allowed four runs on seven hits over five innings, struck out three, and walked one. And he did start against the Orioles uh, in that series last weekend. He started game one, and he was pretty good. Seven scoreless innings, four hits, but only two strikeouts to two walks. Uh, he got a little lucky in that one against the O's. And Mize will face off with Keegan Aiken, who for some reason is back in the Orioles rotation. The 26-year-old left-hander will make his 16th appearance of the season. Aiken has a 7.66 ERA on the year, 47 strikeouts in 51 and two-thirds innings pitched. His last appearance came in relief uh, at Yankee Stadium in that blowout game back on August 3rd. He threw three scoreless innings in relief, allowed just one hit, had a strikeout, and no walks for him. Uh, he also appeared in that Detroit series the last time, but was also out of the bullpen. He came in, recorded just one out, and allowed two hits. Uh, no runs earned to him, but runs scored on both of those hits. No Ks and no walks for him. And uh, we're looking at his last start was back on July 16th when he allowed six runs on eight hits over three innings with two Ks and three walks in Kansas City. So we'll see if Keegan Aiken you know, maybe can use those three scoreless innings in relief last week to turn things around as he gets another shot in the rotation tonight. And uh, then tomorrow we will be back here on the podcast. We will recap game one of this series between the Orioles and Tigers. Of course, we'll look ahead to game two. And we will continue looking at Orioles waiver claims. One guy we didn't get to yet was the left-hander Ryan Hartman, who the Orioles actually claimed off waivers uh, almost a couple of weeks ago now at this point from the Houston Astros, a guy who has made one major league appearance. That was against the Orioles in relief earlier this season. But the Orioles claimed him. They have sent him to AAA Norfolk, where he will pitch for the time being. But I am assuming with the Orioles pitching, we will see him at the big leagues at some point this year. So we are actually joined on the podcast tomorrow by Spencer Morris, who covers the Astros and their minor league system, to talk about Ryan Hartman, his rise through the Astros system after they took him in the ninth round in 2016. Kind of, you know, his his stuff, which is a fastball under 90, but how he's still able to get guys out like that. We will talk with Spencer Morris on tomorrow's episode. But until then, make sure if you're liking the podcast, uh, subscribe and follow us wherever you listen, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any place else you may be listening right now. And also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a, a review, rating and a review if you can. It'd be great if it's a five-star rating and a positive review. But uh, anything you think about the pod, the, the ratings and the reviews, they really, really help me out. I mean, it only takes you, what, 30 to 60 seconds uh, to rate and review the podcast. Really, really helps me out helps me bring you much, much more of uh, all this content here on Locked On Orioles. So make sure uh, if you could do that, that would be fantastic. But again, we will be back with you here on the pod tomorrow. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>